Welcome back to the Keen Light Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. We're going live by myself in my basement of Chicago, Illinois. We're on Instagram Live. This is Jake coming uh, from my basement, as I said, in Chicago, Illinois, Lakeview East, after a full day of working as a brand ambassador out there for Star Wars Whiskey. I'm now recording a podcast for our podcast called Keen the Lake. Which wanted to talk a little bit about just what's been going on in the key in the lake life right now. Uh, Callum has recently been promoted to the prestige, prestige manager of Pernod, Um, But he used to work for this really great distillery as a brand ambassador called Abelauer. Recently, their master distiller, Graham Crickshank, who's a friend of the podcast, friend of ours, who's been on the show a few times, won distiller, uh, master distiller of the year. And I just wanted to say, congratulations to Graham. Um, amazing accomplishment there. Just one of those true, genuine people that loves to make whiskey, loves to be a part of this industry, and loves to go to work every single day to share not only what he's gained over with over 30 years of working in this industry, but also to share the people that are coming below him, coming along the next next page of this industry. And he can share that knowledge with them and pass it down from one generation to the next as he learned while working through various distilleries over in Scotland. Um, the first time we had Graham on was in the spring of 2019. I had just flown back from Australia um, where I was visiting Starward, the distillery that I work for, uh, being my very first trip over there, flew back in, um, PR agency from Abelauer reached out and said, Hey, can we have him on the podcast? I said, absolutely. Would love to talk to him. What a legend to have on the show. So we, Wilson and I recorded a podcast earlier in the day with somebody else. Don't remember who rushed down to river North, which is a neighborhood of Chicago by downtown and into the what hotel, the Hoxton to interview Graham. We had about 45, 50 minutes to sit down with him. And it was just one of those amazing conversations. I haven't forgotten now over three years later um, after having that and having, as I mentioned, Graham on a couple more times since then. It was a true pleasure to talk to somebody who started off pretty much sweeping the floor of a distillery, working his way up the ranks of the distillery while great gaining an education to becoming the man now with his name on the front of the label. And I asked him how he felt about the seeing that for the very first time. And I think he felt shocked I still think he is a little shocked by it because that's the kind of humble character that Graham Crickshank is. And it's amazing to see these people that you get to have conversations with on a daily, a weekly, a monthly basis, and they become your friends, become people you want to be a part of, um, garner relationships with in, this, in the whiskey industry, and gain so much knowledge from. And that's what Graham has become to myself and to Wilson, who got to interview Graham a couple of times, and obviously to Callum, who basically was, uh, Graham was his boss for a number of years as he repped Abelauer all across the United States. Uh, since then, obviously, Callum has moved on to a new position, but he still near uh, holds Abelauer near and dear to his heart, which we all do. It was one of the first brands, big brands of the whiskey industry that reached out to us and asked to have on a master distiller, not just a brand ambassador, not just um, someone who might work for the company in the marketing side, not somebody who was part-time, somebody who was the focal point of the brand, somebody who was the face of the brand. And after having that conversation, um, I just wanted to continue having him with 
having more like that with master distillers and more makers along this industry and which we've done uh we've done so over the last few years so um big shout out to graham for that amazing amazing achievement being honored as master distiller i know awards aren't everything in this industry but it's nice to be acknowledged nice to know that's in your back pocket kind of shows you a little bit validates you a bit that whatever you're doing in life you're probably doing it correctly um, so congratulations to Graham, congratulations to all the team Fabulauer, um, not just in Scotland, not just in the United States, but all across the world, because you certainly deserve the achievements you've had. Um, also in recent news of achievements, uh, my brand Star Wars had, was just recently named Distillery of the Year by San Francisco Spirits uh, Wine and Spirits Competition. It's kind of like the granddaddy of them all when it comes to spirit competitions. I don't really talk about the trophies, the medals, the honors that we've um, accumulated over the years as a brand, because I don't think it necessarily says, hey, like this is great, but it does once again provide that validation to um, not myself, not to my coworkers that sell or market our brand, but to my boss, Dave Vitale, who is the founder, and to um, Sam Slaney, who runs our operations and was the number one hire for Star Wars, hired by Dave 15 years ago. It lets these two gentlemen understand or know that the world is out there accepting what they put out into the world 15 years ago. Every Ever since then, when they took the chance to boldly jump into this whiskey world, a very small whiskey world at the time over in Australia, and a giant whiskey world across the, and across the, um, across the entire globe, they thought, why not take a chance and make something different and represent the pride of Australia inside of a bottle? And they took that chance. And now, 15 years later, they're being honored with awards of Distillery of the Year. It's an amazing achievement for both of those two gentlemen. Uh, amazing achievement for our overall team. And hopefully, it's a kind of a guiding light to where this brand can grow, where this brand can go uh, into now in the near future um, and also settle into the, you know, kind of the catalogs or the, uh, the storylines of whiskey when hopefully the whole story of whiskey is done and told and that last chapter is read and those last words from the book um, have been spotted by your eyes and the binders meet, the pages meet inside the binders. You can see Star Wars as a little footnote inside of that whole world, um, which would be really cool to see. So congratulations to that whole team out there at Star Wars. Congratulations to Graham. Congratulations to Callum um, and all my friends out there that also won some really great awards. But that's just a little housekeeping there. Once again, we are coming live uh, from my basement at Lakeview East Chicago, Illinois, around 10 p.m. on July 12th. Tomorrow's my anniversary. Happy anniversary to me. Uh, it's been, gosh, three years since I married my wife and a little over four since I asked her to marry me. Right behind me is a picture of me proposing to my wife that I took while proposing. Yes, man of many talents. I have a tripod and a camera. Um, but yeah, I asked my wife to marry me on the shores of Galway Bay over in Ireland with a bottle of whiskey. It said, will you marry me? And a claw ring tied to the top of the bottle. She obviously said yes. Why would she say anything else? So uh, as I can tell, whiskey is not just a part of my job. It's not just a part of my passion when it comes to this podcast. It's really a part of my overall life. And this weekend, my wife and I, we celebrated our three-year anniversary down, a little preemptively, but down in Kentucky. We took a little road trip down there. It's only about a five-hour drive to Louisville from uh, from Chicago. And we decided to, hey, 
let's share something we love together, which is whiskey, which is bourbon, and going around to cool cities like Louisville, eating and drinking our way through three to four days of fun. Our first stop was at Peerless. Um, I'm not going to bore you with a whole road trip itinerary, but we stopped over at Peer- Peerless and had probably our favorite whiskey of the entire weekend, a long weekend. We had one of their barrel picks they call, I believe, Tobacco and Blossom. Just an absolutely divine whiskey. The title of the single barrel bourbon really exemplifies what it is um, on the inside of the bottle. It tasted like tobacco and like herbaceous blossoms. It was fantastic. Um, if you can go and snag a bottle from their distillery uh, gift shop, I would definitely do that while supplies last because it is a single barrel. But a great time. It was a great way to kick off our weekend with a really cool tour guide who guy had been drinking bourbon his entire life but retired um i think he was a cpa or a lawyer of some sorts and decided why not go work for a bourbon distillery in the meantime while you know god graces you with a little bit of more time on this green green earth so he uh showed us around gave us a great little tasting um to kick off our weekend down there then we had an awesome dinner at jack fry's old school steakhouse where tablecloths you know are all white all the servers and waitresses are still, waiters are still dressed in uh, proper attire with a blazer and tie. And you feel kind of like stepping back into the old world and having an amazing cut of steak, some lamb chops, great cocktails. All of that kind of goes on to the um, to build up that, uh, that intimacy, but also that nostalgia for the past with a really great meal. Um, and then the next morning... Uh, Gotta do something that I've been waiting to do for a very long time. As you all know, uh, Wilson Torres, who kind of is a co-host of this podcast, but he helped start it with me many years ago, is a brand market manager for the great Castle and Key down in Kentucky. The, I won't bore you with all the details. I don't know him well enough uh, to study the, I've studied the history of whiskey, but can't re- replicate it at all with what the tour can do down at Castle and Key. Anyway, um, to put a long story short, they revived the old Taylor distillery uh, that was built as a castle with some giant rickhouses and uh, a pond or a bathroom, or, sorry, um, a pool that was basically built as if it was a Roman bathhouse. Um, just an amazing feat of architecture that over, gosh, 140 years or so, it somehow has survived. And now it's being revived by this really great Kentucky bourbon brand. I started to hear about the story of Castle and Key, um, like many did, while the uh, the documentary Neat was being filmed. I stumbled upon their Instagram page somehow. Must have been back in like 2015, 2016. And they were documenting their document or their docu- documentary of Neat following around places like Castle and Key and how this brand was <clears throat> building upon history and using the old parts of history to start their new craft brand, their new small brand being a bourbon distillery in Kentucky or just a distillery in Kentucky. It was something that it was a story that I couldn't let go of. I kept following it very eagerly waiting for the arrival of this documentary to see what this distillery was doing, what this movie was all about. And then once the video, once the movie premiered, um, I watched it, I think twice that day at work while I was working at Koval, you know, put my time good to good use. And I couldn't believe that there is a distillery out there 
in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, taking this piece of history that you know we all know what uh, what Colonel Taylor was to this to the bourbon industry. Bald and Bond came from him. All these new developments of actually using science and technology to make spot on bourbon's quality whiskey out there, not making junk um, off a of still really has to do with with Taylor and the distillery and the vision that he had to carry bourbon into the future. And now Castle and Key is holding up everything that he had, like holding up a ghost, if you will, by its shoulders and dragging it around blindly in a way where they can't necessarily see where they're going. They have an idea, but they're not sure how they're going to get there. And they're using these old machines, old using these old buildings and putting it to place to make this really modern brand. It was we were showed around by Jordan, who is one of the hospitality guys there over at Castle at Castle and Key. A plethora of knowledge, a plethora of history is inside of his head when it comes to um, talking about the brand, talking about bourbon, talking about Kentucky, talking about Taylor, talking about everything that encompasses the story of whiskey in Kentucky and the story of that brand. It was an absolutely amazing two hours. Jordan showed my wife and I with a first class experience, uh, taking us across the entire grounds, showing us the in and out of the distillery, tasting some single barrels inside of their rickhouse. Um, it was an honor and a pleasure because like I said, I've gone back to this brand now for God, before, before it even existed really on the shelves. Um, and eagerly I waited for them to release their rye, to release their bourbon. And what an amazing honor to have one of my best friends in this world pour me that first class of Castle and Key rye, that first class cast class glass of Castle and Key um, bourbon by someone who worked for the brand now all these years later. Because Wilson was, just as I uh, introduced him to the documentary Neat, he started to fall in love with with the story of Castle and Key, equally as I did, but I guess even more because he went out there and sought out a job to work with the brand. And he represents it very proudly, very honorably uh, with them. And he's the one that obviously hooks us up with this tour uh, at Castle and Key. And I can only rec- I can't recommend it enough um, to go there, see the grounds, drink their whiskey, have a cocktail, um, and understand what they're doing there. But they're taking these bits of history and using them to basically meld with modern technology to make a really great um, to make a really great whiskey brand. It was an absolute absolute pleasure. Don't know where that accent just kind of came from, um, and I I can't wait to go there again. Um, I would definitely go there if you're going to Kentucky and there's one distillery that's on your list. Um, of all the distilleries I've been to, that's right up there. If number one a place you must visit, and then once you get done there, head down to the block. Go have lunch at the Stave. Make sure you make a reservation. Um, there's a little hole in the wall, kind of shack, outdoor patio, big deck that looks like something you'd see um, in Florida, if you will, kind of on the on the on the coast um, with the outdoor kind of placement. You walk in small little wooden air, small little wooden interior with just an amazing bourbon back bar, really great barbecue, kind of uh, Kentucky wholesome food. So um, go to Castle and Key, get some lunch there, um, and make a day of it down uh, <clears throat> down there because it's an absolute great time. I uh, I can't say it will ever disappoint. And it really felt for me 
walking onto the grounds of the Taylor Distillery, walking gr- onto the grounds of currently what Castle and Key holds there. It's like a little kid. The first time I walked in the Kinnick Stadium, um, Kinnick Stadium is the home of the the Iowa Hawkeyes, the greatest football team on earth. And I grew up in Iowa. I grew up a Hawkeye fan. I grew up wanting to play for the Hawkeyes. And I can still remember my very first time as a five-year-old walking in the Kinnick Stadium. Iowa was playing Michigan State. And Tim Dwight was there. Um, amazing wide receiver, split back um, for the Hawkeyes, played in the NFL. And the roar of the crowd, the smell of you know popcorn, leather, sun, sweat, just floating around in the air on on a hot summer day in late summer, um, you know, back in like 1991. It was overwhelming and immense, and it was something that I cherished and something that I can still visualize to this day. And walking on, walking into Castle and Key felt a whole lot like that little kid walking into Kinnick Stadium. Like, all right, here it is, and it's not going to disappoint. It's almost like people say, don't meet your heroes because it'll only disappoint you. You walked into that ground, you met your hero, you looked him right in the face, you shook his hand, he shook his hand right back to you. Instead of just having an empty handshake, had a glass full of bourbon. What an amazing time. It was awesome. Uh, Wilson, thank you. Jordan, thank you for showing us around. The hospitality of the whole Castle and Key team, absolutely stunning. Um, please, anybody that is a fan of whiskey, a fan of bourbon, a fan of history, a fan of architecture, just a fan of seeing something cool, Go visit Castle and Key. Enough on them. On them. And speaking of Castle and Key, there's this little distillery called Pinhook that's distilled there. This episode is brought to you by Pinhook. Uh, their founder, I'll even consider him a friend, mostly a friend of Instagram, but we spoke in person one time live in this basement, shared a couple of drinks together, Sean Joseph. Um, he uh, asked me to put out the beacon of light to a few jobs they have available. Castle and Key is hiring market managers both on the East Coast and the West Coast. Am I getting paid to do this ad? No. But will I do it for friends? 100%. So if you're on the East Coast and West Coast and interested in working for a stellar bourbon brand, whiskey brand I should say, um, one of my personal favorites, get on out there. Contact them. Say hi. Give them a resume. Give them a cover letter. And maybe you can become the next market manager for for Pinhook. Not Castle and Key. Pinhook is who we're talking about. Our beloved Pinhook here over at over at Key in the Lake. Too many keys, too many castles. All those things happening with my words right now on a late Tuesday night. But, um, yeah, back to our trip. Um, after Castle and Key, we went over to Kentucky Artisan Distillery to see our friends over at Jefferson's there. Um, Trey, was uh, the founder of Jefferson, was on the podcast about a month or so ago. Um, please go back and listen to that. It was an amazing conversation we had over at the great Binnie's here in Chicago. Um, had some whiskey, had some more Jefferson, walked around the distillery, good old time. Uh, then went back to Nulu, had lunch, had dinner over at Decca, pretty tasty place if you're looking for a nice little dinner. Um, and then the next day we woke up and made our way back out once again for another day of distillery tours. We started actually downtown over at Rabbit Hole. Now, I'm not necessarily, I'm not, a giant fan of rabbit hole whiskey. Um, I knew they had this very 
sleek modern distillery in Nulu, um, which I have walked into the gift shop before, but never actually been through the distillery. But I was really excited to see something different, something new. Um, I love the old parts of history. Uh, part Mostly what I love about bourbon is how it, bourbon and America collide right together to explain the history of America. And with that, I... I want to see the history, like a Castle and Key and other old distilleries. <clears throat> but it's interesting to see something new and something different. Um, I've had probably every rabbit hole skew out there um, for the most part. It's fine. Not, not a, nothing really blows me away. But I'll tell you what did blow me away was their tourism experience. Um, they go all out to make sure that, that the people that are on their grounds have an amazing time. It's all built towards the customer experience at Rabbit Hole. The from the minute you walk in, it's about how do you get person from step A to B to C to D to L to N to Z. Um, it's an amazing time. Uh, tour guide we had there was absolutely terrific. Probably the best tour guide of the five, six tours we had throughout the weekend. Um, somebody passionate about our job, passionate about storytelling, passionate about bourbon too. That's what I love about Kentucky. You just like go down there and kind of most random people showing you on a tour. It's like maybe somebody who's only been doing tours for a few months, somebody who's only been actually working in the industry for a few months. But if they're from Kentucky, bourbon's built around them. Bourbon's a part of their history, part of their folklore, part of their family, part of their experience. Um, and it's just kind of in them in a way. So you can, they always have a story to share and a story to tell when it comes to uh, being a tour guide down there at any Kentucky distillery. But Rabbit Hole, um, beautiful facility. Interesting to see how they run their run their program. Um, ends with a tasting on their rooftop bar, which is a beautiful view of the entire downtown area of Louisville. Um, so yeah, just a really top notch experience. Um, I can't recommend it, recommend it enough for people who are looking to have a distillery tour because it is an hour to an hour and a half of constant information, constant, uh, uh, entertainment and constant knowledge being thrown at you too about their distillery and their process and seeing everything from how the, the grain gets to uh, the distillery to how their everything is mash fermented and distilled and then brought up to their bar um, years later after barrel aging uh, to be drank and consumed and enjoyed. So can't recommend that one enough either. Then we went over to Lux Row. Um, I'm just going to skip over that i think that means speaks more volumes with the silence of it uh but then we went over to our near and dear jim beam um as many might know my grandfather was an engineer at jim beam my grandfather on my dad's side he worked there uh for 15 20 years in the early 90s or late 80s um into the early 2000s um amazing dude that just put his whole life um into his job and later on, you know, pretty later on in his career, he found his most favorite job and his passion, which was working at a bourbon distillery. He was an engineer that ran basically the boiler room at the Claremont location for Jim Beam. And then later on in life, uh, my wife worked for Jim Beam for five or six years. She's social media marketing. Um, something that she still to this day says is her favorite job is her dream job. But just due to, due to uh, the company moving their facilities from Chicago to New York. We decided not to move with the brand and we decided to stay in Chicago. She's a new job. Absolutely love that job too. 
but went back to uh, the visitor center, um, which has been renovated since she left last year, or since the last time she saw it, I should say, a couple of years ago, and into the new restaurant, had lunch, just some like really great hearty Kentucky barbecue to have there. The cocktail program is on point. Uh, it's like a any, uh, it's like any great cocktail bar you would see in New York, Chicago, LA. They brought in a group from out out from LA to run the whole bar program to run the whole experience inside uh inside their bar and restaurant so um was an amazing time the clouds were kind of coming over the hills and it was starting to get foggy and dark it was and you can see out from the view of the of the restaurant over those past the wreck houses and over the hills and it was just an all-around great time the customer service there is top-notch wouldn't expect anything less and then wanted to buy some gear and the Booker's hat and the Booker's t-shirt was a little underwhelming. So I passed on that. But it's always great to go kind of road visit home. Um, I wrote an article on KeenanLake.com about how I had the pleasure of going fishing on the ponds of the Claremont Distillery as a kid. And what it meant to me to share that moment in time with my grandfather, my brother, my dad, when I didn't know what it was. But then I step into this whole whiskey industry you know, like 16, 17, 18 years later. And as I'm working in the distillery here in Chicago, there's something about the smell, something about the hum that's constantly inside of our distillery coming through the walls and into our office that is reminiscent of a time past. And that time in the past was me going to Jim Beam and hearing those sounds of this plant, hearing the still the stills go hearing the mash tanks hum hearing the fermenters converting you know those sugars into alcohol it was something i didn't understand at the time but then became familiar with as an adult started doing my education my research and educating myself talking to my grandpa and understanding that the privilege i had as a youngster was something that not many will ever have the privilege of doing. So don't take it for granted. Don't take it for lightly. And I always love going back to Jim Beam to revisit not just something that feels like home to me, but something that feels like home to my wife too. And having that shared experience is great, even if it's just with an hour meal and going into the gift shop and buying something from there. Um, Then our trip kind of... uh, Took a U-turn, went to a soccer game, went to the USL, lose City Baby, um, watched the mighty Louisville City FC win 6-0 over the New York Rebels too. Amazing stadium, beautiful experience to have there. The backdrop of the open part of the stadium that faces north is the bridges of Louisville connecting over to Indiana. Amazing sunset full of those just you know starburst colors in the sky as Louisville City just can't stop scoring goal after goal after goal feels good to have soccer back in your life there until we have the european leagues open back up in about a month here a little less than that Ooh, exciting times um but before that i have to say that we're sitting here on instagram live i'm recording a podcast on the internet and over the last couple of years we've been garnering friendships um having laughs, enjoying a dram, doing all these interactive things online with people. And now as the world's open back up, 
we are definitely coming out of that cave and heading directly into that light as fast as we can to have all these amazing experiences in person. I got to have an in-person experience with a friend I developed over Instagram in real life at the bar he works with. Some may know him as Single Barrel Snob. I like to call him Tim. That's right. We went over to Evergreen Liquor, and right behind the bar, there he was, Tim. I don't know if he recognized me at first, but like, all right, this guy saying hi to me. You know, like, he looks familiar, but sometimes it's hard to put two and two together. Where do I know this strange, long-haired fellow from? And then about, I think after three to four minutes, settled in. He ended up like, ah, Jake, Keen Lake, Star Ward Whiskey. There we go. Um, Tim actually gave me the bottle, uh, or didn't give me, but he recommended a bottle that I'm drinking right now, Greedin' of a Bourbon to me. Tasty stuff. Um, just acquired by Bardstown Bourbon Company, but gave me a little dram after I drank one of their um, barrel bourbon single barrels, which was absolutely amazing. They had very, very tiny mitts left, so if you're in Kentucky, go drink that bottle from Evergreen Liquor and have a great conversation with Tim. But it's really cool to see how we've um, fostered all these experiences online and now we're starting to recreate them in life in real life what an amazing time so great um brett i can see you said something to me but i can't read that far away because my phone's just just out of the reach of my eyes to grasp what you are saying um visually that is but uh yeah it was cool to see tim great to have a couple of drinks together um sat down there for maybe about an hour or so at the bar Gave me a recommendation to go over to Expo um, to have a cocktail. Ran to Baker, who runs the bar program there, who actually met two years ago at BCB. Um, she remembered me right away. I'm not always great with faces and names. She's like, you're Jake from Star Ward, right? And I'm like, I'm not Jake from State Farm. That's right. And she's like, we were at, hung out at BCB together. I'm like, ah, instantaneously. Remember the connection. Remember hanging out a little bit at our booth there, but also hanging out some after parties too a couple of summers ago. Um, great to have that built-in connection. Um, it's cool how you can just see how this whiskey industry really does come together, unite to be a really homogenous experience of people loving each other, understanding a craft, but like loving the parts, every part about it and how we can become a collective whole together by all these um little individual elements so cheers to both baker and tim um great to see you again baker tim amazing to meet you in person take a little drink here real quick ah you know it was interesting because i've been thinking about a lot about you know having this experience with tim whereas over the last couple of years we obviously dove deep into the online space as brands and invested a lot of time invested money invested resources into continuing to build our whiskey brands through the virtual experience, through Instagram Live, through Facebook Live, um, whatever it may be, through Zoom calls. And I know people um, that are more built on the online space, what you ever call influencer, um, personality, uh, whiskey personality, people have felt a little slated, slighted by us brands by foregoing them, essentially, to go back into the bars and restaurants and put all the resources and time back into there where you originally do develop a brand. But it was really great to see how we don't have to completely neglect the online space. Uh, I think it's still important. I think it's still a, uh, I think it's still possible to grow a brand or to have the online space be a part of where you grow a brand. I did a lot of work with 
with uh you know some bars and restaurants but mostly with whiskey clubs whiskey personalities online that's where my job transformed into um, kind of being like an online ambassador essentially instead of being in live ambassador and i love that i can have these connections and go make these connections now in real life um after doing it together on the online space it shows that there is um, a value to people online. There's a value to what's happening with the whiskey forum online and we shouldn't completely neglect it. So I'm glad to think, I'm glad to see that, uh, that, that thought of mine, um, held true as I can sit there and have a conversation with Tim and other people now who I'm meeting from the virtual space and be like, Hey, like I'm a big fan of star Wars. Like you turn me on this from the podcast or like, like you helped me develop this palette or you helped me get into this style of whiskey. It's amazing. It's cool. I don't think we should take it for jeopardy. I think that you just have to understand that, um, if you are part of more part of the, the virtual experience, more of the Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be, whatever platform you use to kind of promote yourself as a whiskey aficionado, we aren't, avoiding you we aren't abandoning you we're just going back to what we've done for so many years and i think it was a necessary point of emphasis to use the online space because it was really the only space we can consistently rely on as brands but we're not we're not going to completely forget about you um still going to be there still a necessary experience still a valuable experience uh so yeah but um really other than that um just want to say Thank you to everybody who's reached out to um, from the last solo podcast I did. It was a little more uh, not uplifting as this one. Um, talked about the anxiety that was happening in my life. Um, it's definitely tempered down. Um, I actually met uh, some people on the road along the way for my travels with Star Wars that were like, "Hey, like, are you doing okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, why?" And like, "Oh, you, your podcast." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Like, you listen to that, you know? It, you kind of forget that you share so much of your personal information through this podcast and on a very very small level people recognize you and you know have a invested interest about how you're doing or invested interest in about your personality and know who you are um, when you might not know them very well or maybe you don't know them <laughs> at all which has happened a few times but it's really cool to see that people do care about you and that's why they love about continuing this whole um i guess uh identity um as a whiskey person online um and just somebody who works in the whiskey industry together because people do rally together and really do care about the whole parts and not just and to make up sure that make sure that the whole is healthy um in general so um thanks for everyone who reached out to that means a lot means a lot um glad we're having more of an uplifting joyful um solo podcast this time because i think the only two or three times i've done this it's been on pretty negative experiences or not negative experiences but just more more uh more serious uh less um less levity to them so glad to be here we're gonna have uh some fun stuff coming up um i'm gonna be down at tales of the cocktail which is a huge kind of cocktail bar conference for five or six days down in new orleans we're recording some podcasts down there um with a lot of different people so we'll be releasing those episodes um over the next couple of weeks we were going to do a podcast with Whiskey Acres live out at Whiskey Acres, but uh, some things got in the way, so we had to reschedule that. Um, yeah, some fun things coming up here in the future. If you have any ideas that you want to hear about or any topics you want to hear about, let us know. Throw us a little DM, um, email me, whatever you want to do. Also, just to put it out there, um, Keynote Lake Single Barrel might be coming? 
oh my goodness, my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my god, some hype built around that one. Um, but yeah, other than that, guys, I'm just gonna end it here. I've had a long day of work, um, a fun 30 minutes or so sitting here talking to myself, talking to some people maybe, <laughs> um, but it's been a good time. Uh, I appreciate everyone who listens um, and pe- everybody who gives us feedback and says just says hi every once in a while too or has ever liked uh, one photo or listened to one second of this podcast. I do appreciate you on that. So with that, thanks for listening to the Premier Whiskey Podcast. Now with the mention of whiskey in its title, this is Jake coming live from Chicago. I'll see you on the other side. Cheers, guys.